Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody, welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. Today's episode is drawn from a live that I did on my Producers Way Facebook group, and I did it just yesterday. And I didn't plan it this way, but then as I did it and thought about it, I thought, what a great way to segue out of all the episodes that we've just done. So this episode is out of the book, uh, Release of the Spirit by Watchman Nee. It's the book that I brought with me here on the trip, and I've been going back in uh, to the powerful, powerful truth of the importance of brokenness. We must have a right understanding of how it is that God is dealing with us. He is attempting to answer our prayers, but if we are not careful, we cannot see that it is Him, and so therefore we stay in darkness because we don't understand what is happening. Therefore, we cannot cooperate and stay with Him and move forward. And what ends up happening is there's much confusion, usually the redoubling of our efforts. We back up and we become very uh, discouraged. And, and uh, oftentimes we find, unfortunately, alternative ways of living. And uh, I want you to have the benefit of listening to this, which was done as a live, as a video, right? But I, I've asked my assistant to just pull the audio from it so that you can listen to it. And I pray that it will be very encouraging. And uh, I'll come back after you've listened to the episode. And uh, so uh, listen up, my friends. Listen up. Hey, everybody. Did you know that it is best if the soul is the servant to the spirit and it is not the ruler of your life? Come on, how many of you like me have ever been ruled by your soul, by your emotions, by your thoughts, by the crazy decisions that you've been making? I can remember in like my first 30 days of coming back to the Lord when I was just a mere 27 years old, and I can remember having my first conversation with my new pastor, and he told me something I could not believe was true. What did he say to me with such wisdom, right, that served me so well? He said, Nancy, did you know that you could make decisions separate from your emotions? I'm like, no, I did not know that. I had no idea that I, see, he was beginning to disciple me uh, in the most simple and powerful way. Is Nancy, you're not your soul. You have a soul, but that's not you. And I thought that was me. And my soul had ruled me for so long that I did not really experientially know that I, I, the new man, could make a decision (laughs) separate from how I was feeling at the moment. 
So I'm so glad that you guys are on here, especially with such a, a quick and spontaneous alert that I was getting ready to do a live. So it's great to see you. So I am here in Ustron, Poland, have just arrived, took about an hour drive from Rybnik, Poland, after a couple of days of just great conversations and being together with our great partner pastors there, Pastors Wojtek and Ola. And now I'm here in Ustron. And uh, we are opening up Cross Encounter tonight for about 40 people. And that is going to be, it's going to be good. It's going to be really good because I'm not doing all of the Cross Encounter. There are producers, there are people that have been taking hold of this work, right? And they're passing it on. And I'm glad that even though they don't need me, they still want me to be around. And so I'm here and it's going to be great. But I have been rereading, okay? This is the book I brought with me on this trip. Okay, you can't see it because it's backwards, right? But it's called The Release of the Spirit by Watchman Nee. And I do a session in Cross Encounter on the importance of the breaking that God has to do in us. Because if he's going to put us into right order, there are, there, are, there are breakings and dealings that have to go on. And I want you to see this as a necessary part of your maturing, not something to shrink back from, not something to fear. Not You don't have to enjoy it. You don't have to be excited about it. But come on, my friends. You can have major dealings in your life, major seasons of breaking. But then many of you are very aware of those daily breakings. Just as you go, you might have a oof, an impulsive whew, thought, I should do this and that. No, no, I'm just going to stay with him. That's a breaking, my friends, because those impulses and all those soulish things that oftentimes are swirling about do not master you in that moment. You are not to hate your soul, but my friends, you are not to be ruled by your soul, right? You have a personality in your soul, but that's not who you are. Your identity is not your personality. You are spirit. And the more that the life of the spirit begins to flow in you and through you to your soul and things begin to be put into right order, your personality becomes more fully orbed. It won't be what I have called before the caricature, right? How many of you like me might have been class clown or you were this, you were whatever, you know. And so, although I am a fun person, yes, I am, okay, right? I remember back in 2011, uh, God told me very clearly, Nancy, you are not a joke and you are not a clown. And I was like, really? Are you sure about that? <laughs> because that's how I've known myself and how many things I've, you know, ways I've been able to laugh with people so they didn't laugh at me, you know, things like this, right? And everybody just knows you in a particular way. And God says, wait just a minute. I'm about to pour more of my life through you. And your personality is going to become more fully orbed and be the that part of you that can display the person of God within you in that unique way. So no longer a caricature right? Where one aspect of your personality gets overdeveloped and that's how you cope in life. Uh, so it's where things begin to be more fully developed, right? This is so important, right? And that's a part of your own maturing. And so you become 
the masterpiece, as Ephesians 2.10 says. Hmm? The masterpiece, not the caricature. You become an open display of the masterpiece that he says you are, that you're his workmanship. So again, I'm so glad to see all of you guys coming on here. Hello, hello, my friends in Texas and Poland and many places. I'm so glad to see you. So as I have been reading Watchman Nee, The Release of the Spirit, again, it is stirring so deep within me. Though I refer to this often, I certainly see this work happen as people allow the cross, right? The power of the cross to be working within. I see uh, the need for this to be talked about. Not to just be, you know, teaching, but to be talked about. To be encouraged and be promoted because this is where we can alert each other, right, to the ways of God and to how he matures us, right? So I thought, okay, I've been reading all this. I'm pinging, bing, 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 bing inside, you know, over these last several days. But I thought, what would I share today out of this without hurting myself and hurting y'all, right? Well, the first thing was what I first said is that the soul, right, that we see that its greatest value is not in ruling us, there's a lot of soulish things going on in the church, my friends. It does not have its source in the spirit of God, right? So it says that the soul has its greatest value in serving the spirit, not ruling the spirit man. And where the soul can be a great servant to the expression of Christ in you, the way he's living his life through you, right? And uh, this is where I, I, you know, some of you might disagree with me, but let me just share with you. It's my opinion. You don't have to, you don't have to take it or do anything with it. But 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, but we have the mind of Christ. In the Amplified Classic, it says, but we have his thoughts, his purposes, and his feelings. So I'm going to step on out, out on a limb, and I'm going to tell you, I think the whole reason I have a soul is not to self-express, <laughs> It is not to, right, the self-actualization, right? It is for the expression of my father's thoughts, feelings, and purposes. Because I'm one with him, and those are now mine. I'm so one with him, I think more and more like him. That his heart, his heart is my heart, his Thoughts, therefore, my emotions and feelings begin to line up with his thinking. Ooh, my friends, remember this your emotions follow your thinking. Hmm? And to think that we, as his sons, would be this expression of him in the earth, rather than me thinking that my soul needs to lead me everywhere and I need to be able to express this. Oh, it's like, okay, okay. I am an expression of him. It says of Jesus that he was the full, perfect expression of the Father. Well, I want there to be, well, it doesn't matter what I want. This is the plan of God, that there would be many sons of glory who would be a full expression of his way of life. Glad-hearted sons, trustworthy. Oh, is that not a miracle? Glad-hearted, trustworthy sons full of life. And a joy that is deep within. That's not about being perky and positive every minute and all of that, right? But two things. What does it say? 
All right, further into, deeper into, because I'm only in chapter one. I can't even get past it. It's just so good. All right. And it says two reasons that we are not broken. Oh, this is going to be so, it's going to be so encouraging to you. It says, why is it that after many years under the Lord's dealing, some remain the same? Some individuals have a forceful will. Many have powerful emotions and others have a strong mind. Since the Lord is able to break these, why is it after so many years, some are still unchanged? We believe there are two main reasons. First, they live in darkness. They do not see the hand of God. While God is working, while God is attempting to break their natural, soulish strengths, they do not recognize it as being from him. Why is it this darkness? Because they are devoid of light, seeing only that men or people are opposing them. They imagine their environment is just too difficult and their circumstances are to blame. So they linger in their darkness and in their despair. May God give us enlightenment to see what is from his hand. Subsequently, may we kneel down and say to him, it is you after all. Oh, I love this. I love the way the old saints write. Oh, Father, it is you. I can remember when I thought someone else in my life needed to be broken, not me. By golly, I was right. I knew I was right. I knew what I desired was the will of God. And by golly, right? By my own tenacity of my own will, I will see this happen, right? Now, how many of y'all could see right there the need for something to be broken? And let me tell you, it was a wild internal time when after those two years, I realized it is you after all. And he was telling me, Nancy, I must break this natural strength within you. You think by your own tenacity, you're going to be able to change this person. You're going to be able to bring about, right, safety for them, and they're not going to run wild, right? You're going to be able to do that. He said, but Nancy, no, no. He said, Nancy, I need to break that within you. He said, because we are in a long haul race, and this is not going away overnight. And if you do not allow me to break that natural strength within, not my desires, not my, um, not, not the ultimate will of God, right? But that I was there trying to cling to my own view of what I thought all that would be. And through a series of breakings and dealings, right, I realized, mm, though I was desiring the will of God, I was trying to accomplish it myself in my own strength, right? And that overcoming strength <laughs> and the Lord, and this is why when I read this and, and Watchman Nee is saying to us all these years ago, right? Oh, it is you, Lord, it is you after all. And since I now know it is you, I will accept what you are doing. He continues, at least we must recognize whose hand is dealing with us. It is not a human hand, nor is it our family's hand. It is not the brothers and sisters hand in the church. 
but it is God's very own hand that is dealing with us. We need to learn how to kneel down, kiss the hand, and love the hand that deals with us. Hmm? Do we understand what I'm saying? When you finally break, as sure as Peter did after the cock crowed, as many have throughout history, as I am describing to you, how many times, many, many, now it's become a habitual way of life and more and more it happens more and more, right? Not, not saying it's always easy, but oh, the fruit, oh, the fruit of the breaking, because now the life of Christ within is bearing its fruit for life in my soul, right? And though I may be living in difficulties, I am not myself personally in a twisted way. I am not undone, and right? There is peace from the spirit to the soul, to the body, more and more. Now, it says we must have this kind of light. You see, 1 Thessalonians 5, 5, this is not even in here. I'm just going to tell you this. 1 Thessalonians 5 says, we are sons of light. We no longer live in darkness. So I I want to provoke you to 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 the things of the Father, right? So we must have this kind of light to see that whatever exits or exists in our difficult circumstances, we accept and believe that it is God's hand. The Lord can never do any wrong. Now, I'm not saying what everybody else is doing. I'm not saying that every situation, every circumstance, but God is going to harness trouble and make it work for you, my friends. You've heard me say before, when trouble comes and knocks on your door and you open, you go, oh, it's you. Okay, mm-hmm. well, if you're here, I just want to remind you, you work for me. I'm your employer. Trouble works for me and is going to bring forth gold in my life. Now, that doesn't mean that every single thing that comes that I've got to roll over and just let it do with me whatever it wants. My friends, this is why we must mature and be able to discern the distinctions, right, of these things. But when you finally realize it is the Lord who is dealing with you, It is the Lord dealing with me. Now listen to this second one. The first reason why we could be with the Lord for so long, we're such strong horses. We know what's right. We've got it down. Others just don't understand as well as I do, right? All this pomp and circumstance of the flesh, right? That hinders the life of Christ and it hinders his full expression inside of his sons, right? So the first one was darkness. We don't even realize it's him. We can't see and realize what it is that he's up to and oh, how he's attempting to answer the cry of your heart. He's attempting to answer your prayer. Father, deliver us, right? He's like, I, I will. Let me do it my way, right? And I'm not saying he does this the first day out, right? But this is more and more and more, right? And I want to encourage you. Now, listen, because I, I don't, I'm not telling you this in an irresponsible way. But my friends, when you say to him, oh, it is you, Father, now I realize this is you, okay? See, like in my situation that I described to you is because the person that I love was going to be in a long haul resistance to God, like years. And I thought we were going to be done in hours, days, months. But God knew the resistance in that person. And he was getting me ready to stay in a clean and clear way with him that I could stay uh, in real love, 
that I could stay in open intercession, that I could obey him and not get so bitter and caught up in the turmoil, right? Right, do you understand? Oh, the beauty of his ways, so magnificent. So number one is darkness. We don't understand it's him. So why does it also take too long? Check this out. Second, it says, another great hindrance in breaking the outer man is self-love. Mm. We must ask God to deal with self-love. As he deals with us in response to our own prayers, we can worship and say, O oh Lord, if this be your hand, let me accept it from my heart. Let us remember that the one reason for all misunderstandings, all fretfulness, all disappointment is that we secretly love ourselves. Now, I want you to understand this is with self-love. Uh, it's true that the God kind of love, Now I've just done many, many, many days on my podcast, Buddhas and Bananas and the Blueprint, talking all about the difference between the toxic love of man, the self-love, and the God kind of love, right, that God is and that he pours into us. So once God pours his love into me, I can love myself and love God back and love others with his kind of love. The source is everything, my friends. But this self-love, oh my gosh. It is so responsible for being disappointed because I believed in myself and now I'm so disappointed in myself. <laughs> oh, and I think God is disappointed in me. No, no, my friends. God would have had to have had hope in you to be disappointed in you. Uh, -uh. God's hope is Christ in you. And he's attempting to get us to uh, come to that place that it's not ourselves that we're hoping can please God. We know it's Christ in us and that we are pleasing to God. He made us as the new man. So anyway, I could get off on a 14-part series, okay? So let me just stay right here. So let us remember that the one reason for all misunderstandings, all fretfulness, all disappointment is that we secretly love ourselves. Therefore, we plan a way whereby we can rescue ourselves. Many times problems arise due to our seeking a way of escape an escape from the working of the cross. I'm just going to stop there, not because I'm done, but because I got to go. And I just want you to understand, my friends, that God has connected us on whatever level, in whatever way, potentially to take you into this depth of maturing as who you really are. You're not a caricature. You're not a clown. It's got to be getting old right? You're not the nerd. You're not the whatever label you put on yourself or others put on you. You are who he made you to be before the foundations of the world in Christ. But my friends, this is the deep development of his life within you, right? There is no me apart from him. Do you see how that crushes and crucifies the pride of man? That I will be someone and I will make myself somebody. It's like, uh, no, he made me. There is no me apart from Christ. Hmm? I am who he made me to be. And he comes to literally to form and conform me into the image of Christ. This is Christ living his life through me. It's his life through me, right? God already has Jesus. Jesus came so he could have me the me he wanted, the me that he has made, right? And I want you to be encouraged in that, right? I want you to know the power of him working in you, right? So we want to learn of his ways and allow him, right, to break that hard 
outer shell that keeps trying to um, contain the life of Christ. How could we be with him for so many years and there be so little change? And then finally we give up and we either pretend or we walk away or we shut down or we're bitter because that's the only thing that self can bear is fruit for death. Only his life within us can bear fruit for life. So I wanted you to be encouraged. If you've not yet realized that in many things, it is God himself who opposes the proud. He gives grace, ability to the humble. (laughs) And what I described to you earlier in this broadcast, that when after two years of my own strength attempting to wrestle things, right? This is why I know such scriptures like the anger of man will not promote the righteousness of God. Yeah, I do know this scripture, right? And that um, that it took time for the humbling of God. He didn't want to humiliate me. I can do that all by myself. I guarantee you flesh will humiliate you. Mm. But the humbling, when you finally realize, oh, Father, it's you. You are working in me. It's you who's come to deliver me from that which tortures me, keeps me fretful, keeps me disappointed, keeps me so angry and bitter and disappointed and confused and all these things. And I would say to you, my friends, let him lead you. He knows how to take care of those who belong to him. We have much fruit to bear, right? For life. And people are going to be able to eat the fruit of his life. And I pray they will be made hungry through us. Not because we're performers and pretenders, but because he really is living through us. And we're no longer trying to look like superstars. And we're no longer trying to pretend because we wouldn't want to do the cause of Christ any harm. (laughs) Come on. Come on, my friends. We don't have to pretend so as to keep the gospel propped up, right? Oh, you guys, I'm looking at your names on here and oh, my, my, my. People in New Mexico and Poland and Texas and in the nation of Georgia and in Iowa and all over in Texas. Wow. I mean, to see you guys on here and to know that you're continuing on with him. That's what I'm doing. That's why as I reread, I'm like, whoa, Lord, do this in me. And Lord, I want to have conversations about this, right? Ooh, yes. All right. So I'm going to eat, my friends. And I'm in the beautiful, beautiful ski town, wonderful village of Ustron, Poland, in the very, very south. I'm probably just a few kilometers from some other nation. We're so close to the border. It might be Slovakia. I can't remember, but I'm going to find out at lunch. And I hope that this has brought deep encouragement to you, my friends, right? Oh, he knows how to take care of us. He knows how to raise his sons. So I love you all and watch for my alerts. And like this today, you being able to jump on so spontaneously, I'm so very, very glad. So I love you. I'm praying over you and we will talk soon. Remember, stay on the producer's way. 
Jesus is the producer, and he will cause us to be producers also, and we will stay in his way with him. Yes? So, I love you all, and we will talk soon. All right, there you have it. You've had these few minutes to be able to hear some of the most precious, important truths that you can ever hear. And I'm praying for you that you will, with greater understanding and agreement with God, that you will allow Him to deal with you as with a son. He is not dealing with you according to your sin. He is not sending bad things to you, right, to destroy you. This is a very important uh, point, is God went to an awful lot of trouble to make a new you. He's not trying to destroy the inner man, the new man, but he does mean by the power of the cross to destroy that hard outer shell of the outer man and the soul strengths and, and that, that natural resistance to him by the power of the cross. And he can guard and protect you, the new man, in the process as you lean into him, as you stay with him. There are things that he will tell you and show you and that he will do in you and for you as you stay with him. And I want to be an encouragement for you to go in that direction. Now, also I want to encourage you that you may be a very consistent listener here on the Tent Talk of Nancy McCready Ministries, uh, the podcast, Uh, but I also want to encourage you that these are the kind of conversations that I'm having with folks over in my free Facebook group, called The Producer's Way, and all you have to do is go over and join. And about every week, I try to do a live conversation, and uh, it's just one other way that we have of all of the culture of discipleship that we're looking to build and to promote and to encourage. So I pray that you'll go with him deeper than ever and I would be glad for us to connect more. And if you want to do that, you can do that over on the Producers Way Facebook group. All right? Love you all. Thanks for being here on Tent Talk.